He's a former Bassmaster Open winner. He won the Bassmaster Open Angler of the Year title, then qualified for the Bassmaster Elite Series. As if that wasn't enough, he won the first Elite Series event he fished. He's qualified for two Bassmaster Classics. And this week, Brian New joins me on... I'm Bob Cobb for the Bassmaster. Welcome to Mercer. <clears throat> it must be Wednesday because here I am back in your life. Welcome one, welcome all friends, family, freeloaders, fishing freaks. You're all welcome here at the Awkwardly Honest Fishing Podcast that goes by my last name, which is Mercer. Thank you for joining me here on another hump day, putting a little hump back in your hump day. I hope you're having a good week. And if you're not, hopefully this helps things point in the right direction. And I have a feeling that it may. I mean, as much as a fishing podcast can make your day go better, we will do our best. Because this week's guest um, is a guy that I have a blast with on the Elite Series. Haven't known him near as long as I've known a lot of the guys on tour. But man, what I love about him is he's just honest and open. And sometimes to a fault. Sometimes he gets him in trouble, which I don't know if you've paid attention, but that seems to get good podcast reviews. Um, but ultimately, he's an incredible angler. I mean, what he's accomplished in such a short period of time, it doesn't even seem real. It doesn't, you know, what he's been able to do in just under two years on the Bassmaster Elite Series Blows me away. I mean, what he did before there, I mean, he's just an incredibly naturally gifted angler and just an incredibly hardworking human being. And um, what makes it best is, like I said, he says he'll talk about anything. And um, I might just test that this week. But uh, rather than me talking about all that, oh, and before we get this, hey, if you haven't yet... I I don't know if you realize this, but subscribing to a YouTube channel is how you give me a hug. And liking a video is how you give a round of applause. So give me lots of hugs and lots of round of applauses by um, liking and subscribing because this channel grows every single week. And that's not because of me. That's because of the awesome people that you are. So please keep that going. And uh, without further ado, let's uh, hook up with our guest right now. The one and only. Brian New. Don't suck. Brian New, are you joining us from your job at the Baby Gap stocking shelves, or what? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm actually at the uh, the Falcon plant. I come and hung out here and get some things knocked out today, and uh, here we are. We um we're doing the the Mercer podcast, and I had to find me a little quiet place, so I'm in the 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 uh clothing room for the falcon falcon clothes it's good to see they they respect you put him in the clothing right. closet <laughs> yes he's like <laughs> just throw him out back <laughs> uh, so dude is this the off season for you or do you still have a few more events i mean you fished an event last week do you do you are you fishing the other open or are you officially in the off season yeah, I mean, I guess you can call it off season. I don't really know why people say that because you know, if uh, we don't have tournaments, but we're not off. You know, I mean, there's plenty of work left to do. You know, uh, media stuff, 
sponsor obligations, getting your boat ready for next year. I mean, that's part of what I'm doing today. Um, research for next year, tackle prep for next year and, you know, fishing in the meantime. And, you know, I, I work a little bit during the off season or not really the off season, but you know, when I'm at home, um, so I got that plus family and trying to do stuff with the family. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no time off. So what's the average day in your life? Bring me through your day, day in your life of this time of year. And what, from wake up to fall asleep, what, so what do you do? I, I wake up and I hit snooze once and then I actually get up and only once most of the time. I'm bad yeah. that way. I hate snooze. I'm, I'm a, I, I'm a three snoozer minimum. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely those days, but, uh, so then I go get my daughter up and fight with her to get her up and get her ready for school and take her to school. And then every day's a little different. You know, the days that I work, you know, I, I go straight to work and uh, come home. And then there's always something to do at home. You know, we got, whether it be games at the school, we're, we're real involved with, with my daughter's school. Um, go to, you know, Brittany's sister's volleyball games and, you know, my nephew's football games at school. So you, there's two or three days a week that we're at the school every evening. Um, and then, you know, just constantly on the phone um, with partners, with potential partners. Um, try, what can we do, you know, to make everything better on both sides? And, uh, you know, it's, it's a never-ending process. And Every evening, you know, I go in my tackle room and um, I'm tinkering with tackle. I'm looking on the internet. There's not a day in my life, except for at a tournament, that I don't get online and look for the next thing that nobody knows about. And um, really, really, every day of my life that I'm not at a tournament. When I'm at a tournament, that's all that matters. That tournament's the only thing that matters in my life, other than something crazy, you know, but. Um, I completely erase everything from my mind other than that tournament. Wow. So ha what have you found? I mean, I guess you, it's counterintuitive. If you tell me some of these it things is. that you've found, um, will you text me about them afterwards? Uh, well, I tell you like one really cool thing that I just got recently. So, uh, Kent Kamara, he come over to the house. Uh, he was down here at Murray the other week, right before Hartwell and it was crazy windy. It was too windy to be on the lake. I mean, we're talking 30 and 40 mile an hour winds when that hurricane was coming through and he'd come over and we were hanging out and, uh, he had a little bait that, you know, I knew about, but it's not available. I don't even think it's available in Japan and he's the only person that has it. And, uh, I may have got me a couple, a couple little slid in the back door for me. But you, but you're not going to tell us what bait it is. You're just going to say who gave it to you. Right. Basically. Right. This is Basically. a wonderful podcast. I should have invited Kenta by the time. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, your career, you say communicating with sponsors and stuff like that. And I know that's a big thing, but I look at your career and they got to be pretty freaking happy with the way things have worked out for you since you joined the Elite Series. No sponsors uh, I mean, and yourself, obviously. Yeah, I mean, things have, things have been great. You know, uh, I've... I've always understood the fishing thing and then, you know, coming up fishing the coasts and the, in the FLW side of stuff, like all I knew was the fishing and, you know, I, 
I was doing well, but not great. And then when I, you know, in 2019, I had just an astronomical awesome year. Um, you know, I, I made more money fishing that year than most people have, most people have ever made in a year fishing. And I paid three Toyota entry fees and four BFL entry fees. Um, so at that point in my life or my career, you know, it was, I don't guess my career had really started yet, but it's still a point in it. Um, I decided, you know, I was, I was going to fish FLW the next year. And, uh, then all the, every, you know, the rumors started flying and then the buyout happened and I seen the plan. I did not like the plan. I said, if I've got a future in, in fishing, you know, I've got to go fish the opens and the opens are, um, something, I mean, honestly, I had never really looked at much and it's a tough path to go down, but if I was going to have a future in fishing, I thought that was the path. And yeah. Even yet it gets even crazier because I guess we completely got off subject here, but we're yeah, rolling. You didn't it. answer so, the question at all. So just keep talking. Um, <laughs> you know, I looked at the investment and the, the return on, of investment and it didn't make sense to fish more than just the Southerns, which that year, I guess it was Southeast Easterns. It was the Easterns. There was two divisions that year. Well, I go and I win the first, what well, that point it made sense financially to fish the other division and i go on and win angler of the year overall angler of the year yeah. qualify for the elites if i don't fish the centrals i don't qualify for the elites if i don't win that first one i don't fish the centrals and i don't qualify for the elites so you know fast forward my first elite it was a pretty good tournament worked um, out good i mean it, as good as it could bad, you know. i mean bad. you didn't lead the first three days which was a little weak, but I mean, you came through in the day that mattered and ended up winning your first elite series event. Yeah. So, but you know, and you know, fast forward, we're only a year and a half past that point in my career and it's been unbelievable. It really has. I mean, um, you know, my first year I had two really bad finishes and two not great finishes. This is my second year. I had one not great and one really bad. I mean, really bad. Like it could only been one place more bad, <laughs> but other than that, man, it was an unbelievable year. I mean, I, I, I won angler of the year in the opens, uh, you know, in the Southern opens, the Southern yeah. division, not the overall. I mean, I finished 15th in AOI in the elites, but you throw in that second from last place finish and still finish 15th. I mean, that one tournament. Yeah. I, it changes the year, but and you don't even have still, to do good. You know what I mean? Like you middle of the pack, that tournament, like it's not like you have to go from the bottom to the top, like you middle of the packet and it changes the whole year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I haven't done the math, but just say I top 10 in that, where would I have finished in AOI? Ooh. It don't really matter because it's the past and I don't really worry about that. But, uh, mentally, you know, sometimes you gotta, you gotta make a negative out as a positive and, I, I look at negatives or you got to make a negative into a positive. And I look at them and try to find multiple ways to make them positive. Like I look at that, you know, that negative at chick, the worst lake in the country. Uh, nah, I, you know, that's all I'm going joke, but whatever. Um, Michael Neal will kick your, <laughs> Hey, 
the bigger they are, the harder they fall, baby. Damn. <laughs> wow. Uh, but, no, I mean, I don't know where I was going with that. So, yeah. Do you get off track a lot? Like, do you, do you find that happening to you a lot? It does. It does. How do you, how do you, <laughs> to witness it right here, and I witness it many, you're all over the place. How do you, in the boat when you're competing, is it much more focused or are you very much like that all over the place in the boat as well? No, I'm very focused. And it kind of goes back to what I was touching on a minute ago. Like if it's not this tournament, this second, or I shouldn't even say this tournament, but, or this second, but this tournament, because you're constantly thinking about the future of this tournament. Um, it doesn't matter. It's not in my head. Like I erase it. I block everything out. That's all that matters. Like right now when me and you are talking, there's a hundred other things going on in my head. So I'll get sidetracked. But um, when I'm at an event, man, that's, I don't worry about the next event. I don't worry about the last one. I worry about that one. So does, does fishing almost silence all that for you? It like does. In the way that like, if you're driving in your truck, you're, you're everywhere. But once you get on the water, yep. it's all about what's in front of you. I would imagine. It is, and that you know, like I'll uh, I've got a little snappy at Brittany, you know, from time to time. Like, she'll bring something up, it's like, you know, better do not bring that up, and you know, she'll snap back, of course. But you know, it is it, all is good. How does she take that? But, you know, better. I mean, uh, she probably loves hearing that. Oh, no, she doesn't, <laughs> she doesn't, and I don't love hearing the things she has to say afterwards, but she, but no, she understands, like. You know, this, that's, that's how my system works. And my system is our business. And, um, I mean, she's a part of that business. I mean, I think, you know, and a lot of wives, it's not just me, but a lot of wives are a part of our fishing business. And yeah. uh, a lot of times they don't get the credit that they deserve and cause they're kind of in the, not on the front row, but, um, I mean, she does a lot, and I snap, and she snaps back. <laughs> I, to hear you say it's only been a year and a half, uh, it actually kind of shocked me to hear that. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, it, it doesn't feel like it's been forever, but it really feels like it's been a lot more than a year and a half. It does, does it feel like that to you? It does. I mean, it's like, you know, I think, you know, when you first get there, and I don't know, I'm just assuming here, but I think when you first get there, it takes you a little time to warm up, kind of get your feet planted. Feel, it took you feel... three days, three days <laughs> to warm up is exactly how long it took you. I mean, honestly, like I've just been around it so much and I mean, it was just another day in my life. You know, I got up and I had a job to do and I went and did the best that I could at the job. And I don't know, it's just, I don't know how to explain it. It's just, it's been very special. And I've been very fortunate, and very blessed to, for the things to fall together the way they have in my life. And, um, you know, anything I've ever done that I really cared about in life, um, I was, I've always worked and strived to be the best that I could possibly be. Not necessarily yeah. be better than you or better than them. Be the best or be the best. You. But I want to be the best that I can possibly be because at the end of the day, that's all I can be. If the best me is still not as good as you, I don't care. I don't care. 
if I could be the best me, that's all I can do. I mean, I think that's an incredible way to live life. I mean, it's a smart way to live life. It's because you can't, you know what I mean? It's real easy to scroll through social media and be like, I wish I had a hundred million followers like so-and-so, but that none of that matters. You know what I mean? No. Like you, stuff's pretty good in your world the way it is. So it is. riddle me this after winning the first elite series, you fish. And I want you to be honest with this because I, I don't want to hear the, the tournament angler because tournament anglers always want to be like, no, well, no, if it's my time, it's my time. Or they, they, they play things down for whatever reason, but there had to be a little part of you leaving that first event and being like, Maybe all these guys just suck. <laughs> and I'm going to win all these. <laughs> uh, I mean, gosh, I don't know. I mean, that's, it was so long ago, but really it was like yesterday. But, um, I mean, honestly, it was like there was two things going on in my head. It was like, dude, this is freaking awesome. Yeah. This is like, there's only been one other person that's ever done that in history. And that in itself is is a big to win a blue trophy to win an elite tournament's a huge deal but to win your first one's like even more huge not only for the accomplishment but for what it does for your career for what it does for your family um and your brand is is huge but like it kind of i guess gave me a little bit of taste of i guess i somewhat had a taste but not that big of a bite of how how this whole thing's going to roll you know business wise and yeah. um seeing the opportunities like it gave me those opportunities and it, and it taught me how to take those opportunities at a very young age in my career and uh but at the same time you know i seen i was seeing all of that but i only had a little over a week to be yeah. at the tennessee river and um you know, I, I said, I told Brittany, now she was doing a lot of scheduling stuff, uh, interviews and podcasts and all media stuff. And I'll never, ever, ever turn one down, ever. But I said, well, I'll all do. of a sudden, I don't feel quite as honored that you took the time. <laughs> well, hey, I'm just saying, like, that's part of my job. Yeah, yeah, no, it is 100%. Yeah. And, um, you know, hey, some some that week there wasn't a lot of rest that week. No. But I told her, I said, every day this week, schedule whatever you want. Anytime you just schedule it and I'll make it happen. But I don't remember what days it was. I think I, I think I said Friday, I'll do one. Saturday's nothing. But those were my days to, were to prepare for the next event. And I like to take an entire week to prepare for the next event. Um, like 100%, that's all that I do that week is prepare for that event. What, what that does was, that look like? What is preparing for? So, like, do you empty everything out of your boat? Like, but what what well, does that look like? When I, I get I home, when I get home from event, like, I went to the Pittman Creek show right after. I drove to it after weigh-in at Hartwell last week. Work Pittman Creek show Sunday. Monday, I went to Loudon Teleco, got home yesterday. I don't know, whatever, day before yesterday, the night before yesterday, whatever that was. Yesterday, I got up after I took Braylon to school. I come home, 
empty my boat, empty my truck completely. That's how my stuff stays because every event you prepare differently. Whenever I'm preparing for an event, the first thing I do is I go through every bit of my, everything on my boat, make sure everything's right. I make sure, you know, any maintenance on my truck, make sure it's right. I already have a list of, of things that need to be rigged up, things I want rigged up. And about two full days, I'm talking full days, or changing line and rigging rods for, you know, that event. Uh, and we're talking, you know, you see my boat. We're talking, and you just see what's on the deck during the yeah. tournament. I'm talking 50-plus rods per event. Wow. Um, and then it's packing the boat. It's packing the truck. You know, the, I can do that in about a day. Um, and then there's always, like, some Google Earth stuff. There's always you know, just a little bit of, it may be looking up, um, place to get gas on the lake, yeah. so many different little things. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. So the Google earth thing, which I think is one of the least talked about tools on the Bassmaster elite series. I mean, everybody talks about forward facing sonar, but long before anybody ever turns that thing on, there's a lot of time guys are spending looking on Google Earth. Are you one of those guys? Yes, yes and no. Um, I used to do it a lot more than I do now. It's according to what I expect an event to be, like, yeah. say, Sabine River, Google Earth Tournament. Yeah. Um, but I have, and I think my secret may be out of the bag now. It, it's not a super big secret, but I don't personally know anybody else that knows how to do this. But I can get, I know how to get Google Earth overlay on my hummingbird grass. You're the dude. You have no <laughs> idea how, I have heard there's a guy in the Elite Series that can do it. Like, I've literally heard this from, like, I'm talking a dozen or so people have told me, and I've heard it's different people. I heard it was Patrick Walters. I heard it was all these different people. And I've gone to those people to find this out. And they're always like, yeah, no, I can't do that. So I've always been like, are they lying to me or are they not the person? <laughs> so are you, so you are the person. I, I'm one of the people at, at least, but Hey, I so saw a quick, funny story. So that's on hummingbird. Well, I heard that there's a way to get it on other brands. Like, and I was wanting to be able to get, you know, I'm a, I'm not tied to any brand. I run hummingbird Garmin and Lawrence on my boat. And I heard there was a way to get it on Lawrence. So Brittany is the kind of person that if you tell her something and she sets her mind to it, she's going to figure out how to do it. Yeah. I was like, and I did some Google searches and I found a little bit of info on how to make a Google earth map on Lawrence. And I sent it to her and let her, let her go like 16. I mean, it's probably actually the next day, but probably 16 hours of work. You know, I'm I've been in there in my tackle room rigging rods. I'll go in the in the bedroom and I hear her on the phone. I don't think much. She's got a desk beside her bed, and I don't think much about it. And uh, then I started hearing what she was saying. She said, "Be quiet! I'm on the phone with somebody." <laughs> so we, our computer had got hacked <laughs> because of this, <laughs> and it was a big ordeal. It was a big ordeal. So. Um, yeah, we finally got unscammed out of that, but it was, uh, needless to say, I don't have Google Earth on my Lawrence. <laughs> Did you not have like seven graphs on your boat at one time this year? 
Uh, yeah. Yep. Do and you realize I, how hated that must make you on the internet? I, I don't care. <laughs> I really don't. Here, That's one thing about me. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm not, I don't care what people think of me. I try, I work hard. Um, and when I say I don't care what people think about me, like, I don't want people to think bad about me, but if they do, I know, I know I'm a good person. I may yeah. not be the best person, but if you think bad about me, you don't know the real me. And, um, you know, if you're judging me and saying that, oh, he couldn't catch bass without live scoping all them seven graphs. Like, I mean, look at my first elite tournament. I didn't use any of it. I don't think anybody's saying you can't catch them. And, and I, dude, I honestly just think that that whole debate is a combination of timing, you know, because everybody's got a voice now with the internet. But yep. I also think it's like, I think people, it's become a hot button for people. Like there is some bad situations with that graph where it's very boring to watch. That's about the only thing I say I will listen to because for the most part, it's people that have never used it. They're just think it's this magic tool that you put it on and boom, the fish <laughs> jump in the boat. And trust me, yeah, that doesn't happen. At least no, for me. Anyway. No, it doesn't. Go to Lake Hartwell right now. <laughs> Let me know what happens. You'll see 12,000 bass follow your bait and not bite it. But so why, I mean, why honestly, seven graphs? So it kind of goes, you know, typically it's only six and sometimes it's less, but you got live scope. We're going to go from the bowel. You got live scope, hummingbird, um, 360 and Lake Master. And then Lawrence, I have 2D down and humming or uh, like whatever they call their mapping as well. Either the Navionics or C map yeah. at the back. I've got a Lawrence uh for side imaging 2d down mapping i've got a helix for side imaging mapping and then i've got a helix 10 that's strictly 100 mapping that's all it is it's got a power cable going to it no ethernet no nothing but now the seventh one that was something i was experimenting with and i don't know don't know where i'm going to go with but it was a live scope at the console so did so. you have like another rig to oh yeah 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 was this like yeah. attached to the boat or handheld it was attached to the boat but it was it was handheld as well like i could control it um it was you know like the crappy the crappy guys had the pole up front like it was a deal similar to that um and uh geiger tech a company a canadian yeah. company yeah they Going actually well. they made the mount that i used and uh it's uh it's it's really awesome mount um I'm not positive where I'm going to go with it next year. It's, it's an excellent idea. Um, but it didn't make me any money this year. Um, it didn't make me lose any either, but it wasn't. And another thing, like one of the arguments everybody has about all going and, you know, all these grasses going and spending money, man, I buy used electronics. A lot of times I find I don't go and pay full retail. I'm not getting anybody giving them to me either. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, that's, <laughs> that's not an argument either. It's like at the end of the day, you have to look at the return on investment, whether you're fishing a Thursday night tournament. If you go buy $20,000 worth of graphs and if you win seven of your night tournaments this year, you're going to make, you know, $4,000. That don't make sense. So People don't need to think that they have to have all this stuff to, to compete. And it's that, cause that's completely, Hey, 
look what I did at Hartwell last week. Yeah. Yeah. I went up the river blind, blind, blind as a bat. Caught the biggest bag of the tournament. Jumped from 98th place to fifth in one day. No electronics. Wow. Well, I, mean, look at, I was looking at a thing a little while ago. The college kid that's going to be in the classic, mm -hmm. Louis Manetti, I think his name is. Yep. Dude, I saw a picture of him in front of his boat. His the this, the upholstery on his seats is actually like must have had a raccoon infestation or mm -hmm. something at some point, or rats or something. They eat the crap out of his. But that's the boat he fished out of. That's the boat mm -hmm. he competed against. Tons of guys that had brand new rigs that were fully, and he's going to the Bassmaster Classic. So yeah. that whole you I make what you have work. You whatever tools you have at hand. You make them work for you. You find a way. Yeah. Um, you know, I would have loved to have been on the Elite Series when I was 16. You know, but I didn't have the tools. I didn't, I wasn't ready for that. Um, the first boat that I ever had was a floating jet ski lift that floated <laughs> up on the bank at my house. When I grew up on Lake Wiley, we had a flood and it floated up on the bank. And a couple weeks later, nobody come by to claim it. And I got that in a two by four for a paddle. That was my first boat. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't <laughs> tournaments, but I made do with what I had and whatever tools you have, you make them work. You find a way. Yeah. It's not the tools don't make you a better angler. The tools make your job easier, but More it's still educated. Point. yeah. It, yeah. I mean, livestock's taught me a lot. It yeah. has. It has, but you know, um, I did pretty pretty good before I had it. Yeah. No, and dude, I, it's funny you mentioned the your first boat. Like, I literally was telling someone the other day about. I remember I had like a little rowboat, little aluminum rowboat, which I thought was awesome. It had no trolling motor, no anything, yeah, and I would no, literally row from dock care. to dock and anchor in front of the dock, and I'd fish that dock, and then I'd row along, and it. But I don't look back at that and be like. Man, if I had have had spot lock back then, how many I would have caught? This part no. of the learning, you know what I mean? It's part of what makes fishing cool, if you ask me. Yeah, it is. It's, uh, you know, everything we do as fishermen is to learn how to make this better, or make that easier, or learn how to do this better. And it's, it's, it's evolution, you yeah. know, it's ever evolve forever evolving. And, um, you know, it's went from rods and reels to line to hooks to baits to boats to electronics to batteries to trolling motors, yeah, to power poles. I mean, it's like, and then that's not next? even enough. Now you got to have the right connections, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, your electronic, you think you buy this, and then you're like, well, no, you need it. I said this different power source or whatever. It, yeah. It's but that's also what the top level of the sport should be, if you ask me. You know, and, and I get the analogy that people are like, well, in golf, they're not allowed golf carts. And in golf, they're not allowed certain size of driver and stuff like that. Well, you know what? You can see the freaking golf ball and it doesn't yeah. just keep moving on you. There's, yeah. th I honestly, it amazes me that guys like yourself and not just elite series guys, top level pro tournament anglers, whether it's MLF, elite series, doesn't matter. What you guys are able to accomplish is amazing to drive across a country to a different part of the country and 
put yourself on a winning pattern of fish within two and a half days is unbelievable. And if anybody thinks that's easy, like most people, it takes them two and a half days on a new body of water just to get used to where the marina is and the boat ramp yeah. and all that crap. So uh, I don't I don't think um, I just think it's not it's a hot topic. You know what I mean? And I'm sure there wasn't the Internet when the first drafts came out, but there was tackle stores and I'm sure it was yeah. full of grumpy old men that were like this son of a, and Hey, if you're a grumpy old man that listens to this show, Hey, I didn't mean it about you. It was other grumpy old men. I'm talking about just keep listening to this show. Give us <laughs> a thumbs a up. Thank you. <laughs> Don't be a punk and back down. No, I mean, you know, it's, we have, we have to use what tools we have right. bottom line and, Take the tools away. The same guys are going to be at the top. You know, it's the same ones that were winning and, and at the top before. It'll be the same if they take them away. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't. And, you know, I don't want to see it taken away because I like using the tools. I mean, yeah, I, I try to make my own tools, you know, <laughs> and I do. It's, uh, it's part of it. But, hey, you know, it doesn't matter what you do nobody you're never going to have everybody happy and that's just that's the way life is and it doesn't matter it's like i told you before if you don't like me that's your loss it's not i'm not gonna lose any sleep over it because i know that i work hard and i try to live my life right and if you think bad of me because of that you don't see the full picture and and hey that's okay I think it's the right way to be. I mean, too many people spend their life trying to make other people happy. And at some point they realize, wait a second, I'm not happy. And, and, you know, that's why, that's why I get along with all of people in this industry, just because I think we all figure like nobody, I think that's what makes fishing special. You know, you hear people say stuff like, Oh, anglers are different or, you know, they're not like other pro athletes. And you, you know, I've really thought about that. And you start to think, and you're like, well, maybe you, we're just saying that because it's us. You know what I mean? It's our group. And, but it's not that. It's, I honestly think it's because nobody got into this. Like nobody. And I, there's been many millionaires made from professional bass fishing, but nobody got into it to be a millionaire. You know what I mean? No. In every other sport, like if you can throw a ball good by the time you're 14 years old, there is some agent, some coach, somebody that is trying to turn it into a business. And whether it's yeah. a parent or whatever, fishing's allowed to say pure and natural. And that's why, like, I think that there really is good people. You know, I think that that's why I get along with those people, because we're people who decided, hey, man, I just want to follow a dream. I just want to chase something that is hard. It's not easy yeah. to qualify for the Elite Series. It's not easy to make it on the Elite Series, but it shouldn't be. Or it wouldn't be the elite series. Yeah, I mean, you don't, you know, it the top of anything's not easy. No. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, it you work your ass off to get there. And you fail a lot. But are you really failing? No. It, no. It's it's failure is only failure if you let it become failure. Um a setback is only preparing you for things that are going to happen to you in the future. You learn from them. You, you, yeah. I mean, that's what it is. You just, if you let it beat you down and you look at it as a failure, 
you're not going to make it to the top. You're not. You will fail. But if you learn from it and figure out how to go around it the next time it comes, figure out how to deal with it or make it better or see where you did wrong, that's how you get to the top. It's good words right there, and it's the truth. I mean, you either win or learn. I mean, I've heard. And that's not just fishing. That's life. It's true. It's totally true. And and some of the bit things that you think are the most heartbreaking. Um, I, my job at Bass is an absolute dream for me to have. Not many people know. And I think I've told you this story. But, dude, I applied for that job five years before and didn't get it and never yeah. – what never pointed fingers and blamed bass and did whatever. I wasn't the person they were looking for at that time. Um, and, and in retrospect, thank God I didn't, when I look back, I'm like, you know, I was immature when I started this job, I would have been really immature if I got it five years sooner and probably still wouldn't have the job today. Um, so timing is everything. Um, and Hey, I mean, some guys just win the first event they fish. Do you think some anglers maybe hated you a little bit? Like, how do you not hate the guy who fished one event and wins if you've never won one? I'm sure there was some people <laughs> that were, I don't want to say jealous, but maybe envious, um, you know, cause Hey, I, um, nothing against anybody, but what Jay won this year, I was like, God dang it. <laughs> I wanted to be the only one rookie that, we had a first one in his first year for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, hey, you know, like I said, not, hey, congratulations. He's a heck of a fisherman, a heck of a guy. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I can, I promise you, especially it being my first event, period, there were some guys that didn't like it, um, whether they're admitted or not. I know one in particular, I'm not going to call his name, but I promise you, he wasn't happy that I won. Really? Well, yeah, you're really. not going to call his name, so I'm not going to go into it because then it'll just be like it'll fall. Let, let us know in the comments hey, who you think he he's talking about. This, what a guess, though. Who I'm talking about? That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> Another relatively quick accomplishment you had is leading the Bassmaster Classic. You led the Bassmaster Classic this past year on day one. What is that like? Because because you hear people talk about leading tournaments and they're like, oh, it's just a tournament, just a tournament. But everybody afterwards, you talk to them, and they're like, hey, it, it's it turns out it's not just a tournament. There's just it's everything, man. Like, I'm probably going to disappoint you a little bit, but it is it's just do. another tournament. But but. Pretty freaking awesome to say that I, I was leading the Bassmaster Classic. I didn't win it. Not yet. Um, not yet. I haven't. Uh, I hope I get another opportunity to, oh, well, I'm going to have opportunity next year. Don't know that it's going to be a great one, but it'll be opportunity. Um, why don't you think it'll be a great one fishing wise? Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but you know, heck, those are the, who thought that I, I mean, me thinking in my own head, I never would have thought I'd went, go to St. John's and win there, but I did, Yeah, yeah. you know, I didn't think I would go to Kissimmee and win, but I did. Um, I dang sure didn't think I'd go to Hartwell and jump 93 places in one day, but I did. So, yeah, I mean, like it was, and I'd be lying if I'd say I hadn't went back and watched that way in where I weighed in 20 pounds. And, uh, you, you know, when you called in 20 pounds and I was the leader and the monster bag and all like, I watched that 
more often than I probably should. I mean, it's an <laughs> awesome feeling. But at the end of the day, it goes back to what I was telling you before. It's like that's 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 the past. I can't I can't gloat in this moment. I've got to worry about tomorrow and the next day. Then when we're leading, that's when it matters. So in the moment, yes, it feels really good, um, but it doesn't matter. You did your job that day. You have two more days to do your job. Um, but then when it's all said and done, you don't win the event. The job for that week is done. Uh, it's still pretty awesome to say that you were leading that the biggest tournament in the history of bass fishing. And, day, and with every day. <laughs> and if you lead day two, it's so much more. You know what I mean? It's just like I guess the I media, that, the pressure yet, but... just ratchets up. And uh, and I guess as a competitor, you have to look at it as just another fishing tournament. But it's you not. Do. You show up to the dock in the morning and there's boats. It, like thousands of people. And like every every year when I arrive at takeoff for the classic, I'm like, how is this happening? Like last yeah. year was a prime example because I'm driving on the highway and there's nobody. Like there's nobody. You're seeing nobody. And you everybody you see has either got a boat or got a bass sticker on and they're going to and as as yeah. and I started to think, well, there's other people. And then I watched that off ramp and every single vehicle turns that way. And you just like there's thousands of people there. It's uh how do you ignore that? I don't see it. I didn't see it until I seen the pictures. I really, really didn't. I didn't like I remember um um walking up you know, off the dock outside the fence one morning for blast or I, every morning to hug my family and a lot of my friends. And, and if, I guess, you know, a few times talking to you there on the stage before blast off and um, other than, you know, kids stopping you in for pictures and, and autographs and stuff. It's like, I didn't notice there was that. I had zero idea that there was that many people there until I seen the pictures. I was like, you've got to be freaking kidding me <laughs> and it's a big deal and i've always knew it's a big deal but to me it's a lot bigger deal when it's when you're looking in like oh this is my dream this is what i want to do when i grow up it's a lot bigger deal then than when you actually get here like that may but that's life that though right. no 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 i think that's also life if you're being realistic like <laughs> It'll be a bigger deal to look back on, but when you're there, I mean, and I'm not competing for it, but when I'm there, I try to focus on, you just focus on your job. You're working, yeah. you know what I mean? And when you're a fan, you're just taking it all in. And this year's classic setup was kind of, it was unique in the way that there was such a big crowd, but there was so few people actually on the docks because yeah. they had it so restricted in the way you guys were. Yeah. So it was, you know, me, you guys, a handful of media and that was actually the quiet quietest most calm yeah. part of it so it was kind of a weird little bio dome of of solitude there that you could just <laughs> chill out in but um all right i'm gonna give you an opportunity now i'm not i'm not gonna put you on the spot but i i heard that that day might have had a crappy start uh, yeah so day one <laughs> You talking day uh, one? Yeah, I believe it was day one. Um, whatever day started extra crappy. Oh, wait. I think you've got 
<laughs> so I'm thinking something completely different. I know where you're going. Well, you tell me but, what you think, and I'll tell you if that's it. Uh, so what you think actually happened was actually at Santee. But the crappy start was I was running down the lake on blast off day one, and um, a bunch of seagulls flew up out of nowhere. And whenever I stopped and put my trolling motor down, there was a seagull in my trolling motor bracket. <laughs> That's where I thought you were going. But no, that, no, that was a crappy day for the seagull. So my information is wrong. I got the right information, just the wrong tournament. Yes. And, and you know, those <laughs> tournaments were close enough that uh, they could have got mixed up. So, I mean, hey, you know, I um, when I wake up every morning for a tournament, I wake up, I brush my teeth, I put my clothes on, I go unhook my batteries, I get on the road, I'm the first one to the ramp, put my rods in my boat. You always are. I always keep my tournament rods in my truck, you know, my own deck rods in my truck, put those in the boat, put the boat in the water, park the truck. And then I, you know, Hey, it's the morning time, bud. I, um, I got to clean the bowels a little bit, yeah. you know, get everything, get everything ready for the day. And, um, well, at CNT, I pull up the dock and first one there angler, but there was, a handful of people on the dock and it was kind of lit up so you know it's still dark you go out to the middle and i'm not a very shy person so i'm not like hey take me to the bank take me to the bathroom kind of guy like i'm going to do everything's about efficiency in my life yeah so but but now back up it is dark still so yeah no i, I got to the middle and you know Falcon's got an awesome platform on the back of the boat, you know, just squat and do your thing. And um, that they say morning, it's actually healthier to, to go to the bathroom like that. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Levitated <laughs> anyway, because it all just. <laughs> so I get in my normal position and I, I was like, man, there's a lot of light shining on me. So I went to the other side of the boat, not normal position. And <laughs> while I'm doing my business, it's like, man i hope i'm hanging over enough and you know finish my job and you know pull my pants up and go back to the dock i ain't thought about it since well i tie up on the dock <laughs> and then you know Brittany gets there the whole family's there all the crowds there hanging out and i've got everything ready and i uh walk to the back deck to cut on my gopro and i just happened to look down and said, oh no <laughs> <laughs> i said babe babe can you i think you missed a spot cleaning my boat <laughs> oh my god you, you didn't ask Brittany to clean it no i i asked her to but she didn't <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so you literally defecated on the deck of your boat was on the it fiberglass, no, not on the carpet. It was on the, the on the side. It was on the side. It wasn't in the carpet or anything. Well, at least you're like, a gentleman. It was. It was not ungross, but <laughs> it, it wasn't was like you know. You just all you had to do is you know take paper towel and wipe it off, and you're good to go. I mean, I <laughs> probably wouldn't like sit my sandwich down there and later or anything, but um, but it. I, I wonder if anyone saw it before it you never did. Said anything. What's that? I want to know how many people seen it that never said anything. That's exactly what I was just saying. I wonder <laughs> how many people you drove past and they're like, well, that, that 
that Brian News a little different. <laughs> oh, he is. He is definitely different. Like there's no hiding that. And I, hey, I'm, I'm not ashamed. Well, dude, you're a man, though. I will tell you this. You know how many people tell me like I get this little nugget of dirt. I mean, that's the only reason anyone listens to this podcast because we get these little nuggets, literally, maybe not so little nuggets. Um, <laughs> it, it, so, it wasn't a little but nugget. So many. <laughs> So many people will back out. Like you could have said you owned it. So I, I appreciate that. And all our podcast viewers appreciate that. Why do you think you're different? You said you're very different. Why do you think you're different? What makes you different than the average elite series pro? I mean, I don't know. I just, I'm a different person. Like I say what I'm thinking most of the times. Well, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of times I know I shouldn't say it. Um, I mean, I, I do try to clean things up here and there, you know, I still say what I'm thinking. I may just not use the exact words that I'm thinking. Uh, but I mean, Hey, you know, uh, going back, if you don't like me for who I am, if, if I'm, if I am not who I am and you like me, that's fake. But if I'm who I am and you like me, that's real that's genuine and i don't like fake people there's a lot of people that put on a show lots and um hey i'll put on a show but it's gonna be a real one yeah and dude that's got to be exhausting to be different than you really are your life is a lie your life is is a lie yeah and it's i'll tell you the closest i get to it it is so hard for me not to swear during a two-hour way (laughs) What exactly where I was going. <laughs> so like you imagine living your whole life like that. Like if you were this character or this person and every time you got out of your truck at a gas station or something and you had to put on that act, it would be exhausting. So I think you're living a much healthier life, uh, not just gut wise, <laughs> but also mentally you're living a much better life. Have you always been like that? Like what, what was, what was Brian New like in in high school? Oh, I was a wild one, son. I was Shocker. wild. Shocker. <laughs> um, I howled at the moon a lot. <laughs> if, you, if you catch my drift. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I was wild. I partied a lot. I mean, I didn't do a whole lot of super stupid stuff. No. Uh, there was a lot of stupid stuff, but you know um but there was a point i mean kind of going back to being somewhat fake it wasn't really that i was fake there was a point that i tried to be maybe i should say politically correct but um cleaner a lot cleaner than i am for fishing Um, or are we talking high school like is that no we're talking like the last 10 years yeah you know i was definitely I would be myself, but not completely. And then I finally realized, just like, you know, I'm really not a bad guy. If I could just clean the words up, that's that's all I need to do. And I can be myself. And, hey, it's, uh, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, and it's not a, it's not a, it's not a fake show. 
you know, no, I, dude, I think that's aging though, too. Like, I think as you grow older and you start to real, like, I think everybody starts a little fake, honestly. Like I think everybody, when they, especially something like this, something, you know, where you're in the public eye for something that you've watched other people mm -hmm. do, you know what I mean? You start to, you initially want to be what you saw growing up, which, yeah, yeah. which probably isn't you. And then as you get confidence, you get to be more you. You know what I mean? Yep. It, it, I know no better example than Ike and Ellie. He denies it always, but I'm like, you know, back when you had those glasses and wore that goofy vest, you weren't near as cool. Then you won the classic and you were flamed out. And, but it was also confidence. You know what I mean? It was, it's, I got an example. So ask Brittany and she'll tell you I'm the weirdest person she's ever met in my life, her life. Um, so when we first started dating, like I want, and we we actually literally just talked about this last night or yesterday or some sometime in the last day and a half. Just like I said, would you have married me if I would have been this weird? If you knew I was this weird when we first met, she said probably. She said I already knew you were weird, but just not this bad. <laughs> so like I wasn't fake. I just kind of didn't let it all shine, and and I got. Like you just said, it was, you got comfortable, you, you knew where you stood and, and you knew you could just let it all hang out. And that's, that's more or less exactly what you just said. And that's exactly how it happened for me too. You know, I come out, I didn't, you know, I didn't put on a different hat, but I tried to clean it up and then I just got comfortable and said, I'm me, you know, yeah. you're getting well, full of me. And I don't think it. you keep saying clean it up. I mean, I don't think it's that messy. Like in the world of media, there's a lot worse things said than what what you've oh, said yeah. in the past and stuff like that. So yeah, I, yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, do you think social media is a reason that I, I think anglers today are more honest than they've ever been? And, and for 100%. several reasons, I think one Bassmaster Live. I mean, we literally went from. Five years ago, having anglers hide baits, like literally put their hand in front of the bait or tie it, the bait on inside their shirt so the camera person couldn't see it to today. I mean, you guys talk about everything, but I think that has made anglers more honest. But I think also social media has made them more honest because you got to answer for it now. Like back in the day, somebody could say, hey, tell them you caught them on this. And maybe somebody won't know, but everybody knows. And if you get busted, which you've found out a few times on social media that if you get people mad, they're going to reach out to you. And oh, yeah. um, do you think that's one of the reasons that, pe that, that anglers are that much more honest today? Yeah, I think so for sure. I mean, you know, there are no secrets anymore for the no. most part. Like, and if it's a secret, it's not one long. No. Not at all. And it's cause like, even if you're not alive, let's just say somebody happens to see you, have it tied up uh, say it's a bait sees it tied on you know at blast off and then all of a sudden they've got it on the next day because there was a bait that i was throwing at the mississippi river that it's not a secret bait but i didn't know anybody else that was throwing it and i went back and watched some of the live on day four and all of a sudden another angler was throwing that bait yeah. um that wasn't that i know wasn't before that I don't know if they went, you know, they see me throwing it on the water. I don't know how they got, 
I don't know, but they were throwing it on day four that they wasn't on day three. And uh, there's no secrets anymore. So kind of getting back to your question, it's like, do you want to be known as a liar or do you want to tell the truth? And I mean, hey, I tell stuff that I don't want to tell, but that's I, I rather I rather not be a liar. Yeah, I rather have credibility, you know. Yeah. And, and and whenever I, you know, whenever I talk to you know a potential partner, um, you know, I tell it's like, look, you know, if I catch them on a a, a Berkeley worm instead of a Zoom worm. I'm not saying I called him on a Zoom worm. Yeah. I might not say I called him on a Berkeley worm, but I'm not saying I called him on a Zoom worm. And, uh, like, I'm not going to lie. Whatever you get from me is going to be the truth. Yeah. It, you know, I may leave something out. I mean, I guess you could say that's a lie, but. Um, no. I mean, it's your job, too. That's the weird thing about being a pro angler. Like, it's. And fishing is inherently that secret is always something everybody searches for. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you said, you spend so much time looking for that. And whether it's a secret or not, you believing it is a secret almost yeah. helps you, I, I think, in many ways. You know what I mean? Just yeah. having that advantage. So it's I just think it's a it's weird. It's the same with shooting shows. You know what I mean? Like there's lakes that I used to be able to go to and always catch them. And now oh, yeah. through years of doing shows there, and I, I look at it as I sold that secret. You know what I mean? Yeah. By, by putting it on TV. And that's how I look at tournaments too. I mean, you, you can go to one spot and catch them forever and can have a hidden technique. Just don't fish tournaments or host a TV show. <laughs> you can do anything else, be a pro yep. golfer, do whatever you want. Um, it, it gets out there. It, it's weird in the past when we had bass cam, uh, and that was the only video that anybody would ever see. It was so funny because we would have anglers that would be like, hey, do not tell anyone what I'm throwing. Just don't even put that publish. Don't publish that video or anything. So I'd shoot videos of people and just show like their heads, like not even. Yeah. And, and meanwhile, the, you're throwing a white swim jig. I mean, half the field's got a white swim jig <laughs> tied. <laughs> Super sneaky bait, bud. <laughs> So, uh, what's your goal in this sport? Where, where, Man, where, like the ultimate, you know, the, the realistic goal is to make a living and provide for my family. Um, the, I, I don't want to say, I guess the ultimate goal would be to win every single tournament. I mean, <laughs> that's never going to happen, but that's the goal. Like I definitely want to win a classic. Yeah. I definitely want to win angler of the year. To me, angler of the year is a lot bigger accomplishment than winning the classic. I've not taken anything away from the classic, but anybody can get lucky and win a tournament. And it, when I say lucky, yet again, I'm not taking away from no. any classic winner, but it's a lot easier to win mathematically, yes, a tournament than it yeah. is to catch them nine weeks, nine weeks out of the year, nine tournaments out of the year. Not a bad day in nine nine different tournaments that's a huge accomplishment um yeah i mean i mean i'd be lying if i said the trophies don't matter because they do but and see that's where i'm a little different than a lot of people is 
it, the, the accomplishments, what you actually achieved is not just that winning. It's being able, being able to provide for your family, doing something that you love. And not only that, it's being able to, your family being a part of something that is, that is so big. And, and in the real world, maybe it's not that big, but in your world, it is big. Yeah. And it's, it's, I said it before, it's not just me. It is my, my team, my family being able to succeed for us to succeed. That's a, that's a win. Um, you know, that's, that's part of the paycheck. Yeah. You know, that's part of it. I think it's also what you overcome. You know what I mean? Like if you really just split it down and you're like, okay, I beat a hundred guys. I had the 20 biggest bass for a four day period, like in world events, it's really trivial when you really look at it, but that's not what you're accomplishing. You're that moment. You hold that trophy. What flashes through my head is, is all the school teachers that said, you're a dreamer. You'll never do it. All the girlfriends that you may have dated that said, get a real job. This is never right. going to be a thing. All the parents, people around you that have always said, and all those moments where you were broken down at the side of the road in the middle of the night, changing a blowout in your tire. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's nobody around to help you. And you're just like, what am I even doing this for? I, that's what I think. That's what makes it so big. In my opinion, like it's in it, the higher, the level, the more you've overcome to get there in my opinion. Yeah. So kind of one thing, it just brought this up and I haven't thought about it in this in a long time, but, you know, going back to my high school days, I was, I was a wild one and I, I'll never forget. I had a party and, um, a lot of people there and some, somehow the TV got turned on. We weren't really watching TV, but, and there was this documentary. You remember Dottie? the the giant bass from california oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, of the, course it was the world record yeah but it wasn't official there was a documentary I, I don't know if it's discovery channel or what but so we're at a party that i'm throwing all these people here having a good time and i'm sitting there watching this documentary on Dottie. <laughs> yeah like that's totally sober but i became that way <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't at the beginning, but yes, <laughs> by the end, yes. Um, but fishing has always been that important to me. Um, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's everything I've done in my life has been to help me get to where I am today. Yeah. Um, you know, all the jobs and all the, sweat and i've i've sweat a lot and i'm gonna sweat a lot more and you know i one thing that i regret it was a huge sacrifice but it's really the only sacrifice that i regret and it's the sentimental part of it behind it that's the only reason i regret it but and i was in high school i had a browning seven millimeter rifle that my dad bought me for christmas one year well, I didn't have the money to go to a BFL as a co-angler. I sold that rifle way too cheap to get the money to go to a BFL as a co-angler. Wow. And I didn't that do doesn't good. prove I didn't it's a drug. Nothing else will. 
<laughs> that doesn't right. prove the tournament pitch is a drug. He's pawning stuff to, but it didn't make sense to anybody. But if, if it made sense to you, you know what I mean? And that's why I think that when everyone comes to the elite series, it's weird. You'll get regional pros that, that deal with some hate from people close to them, like in their state. But then it's like all of a sudden everybody comes to the national level and there's not near as much hate, but it's because no. it's because everybody walked the road. You know what I mean? Everybody made that walk. And yep. and whether you win everyone or you unqualify in two years, everybody respects. You know what I mean? You were there. Yeah. You 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 weren't the dude who pointed the finger. You were the dude who took the risk. And uh, that's a weird it's a weird, bizarre sport, but it, it, it's very that feeling like I remember being in high school and going to tournaments and stuff and having friends say, what are you doing? Like, why? Yeah. There's a party this weekend. There's so, like, yeah. and trust me, I too love party and shocking enough um, <laughs> and, and still do the odd time. Um, it's uh, but it's, it's just a connection. It's a weird, weird, like it's wild. It's wild. So it you want to win the classic, you want to win angler of the year, but angler of the year means more. But the classic's I mean, a bigger party. I mean, if I win either one of them, there's going to be a party. <laughs> Let me rephrase. When I win either one of those. That's it. I like which that. Whichever one comes first. I mean, I'm not one to – I'm not a bragger. I, I'm not a, oh, I'm going to win this tournament. You'll never hear me say that. But I believe I win both of those one day. You should. I, I mean, because I know my work ethic. I know the blessings that I've been had in my life and what those blessings have provided me with knowledge and opportunity. I believe I'll have the opportunity one day. I believe you will too. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Nobody knows whether. To win any of those, but I know you'll have those opportunities. Uh, I mean, I just honestly, I mean, I don't think anybody questions that with with what you've accomplished and how you've accomplished it, and and how you continue to work. Like, and not not just. Uh, I mean, this year with Austin, the time you spent, like you and you, that was something that I have a lot of credit for too. Because there's a lot of dudes who will go out and fish with a different somebody who's good at this or good at that, and they get some help but they'll never say it on stage. I mean, you walked on stage the first day and you were like, I went to Smallmouth University with Austin Felix. Yeah. What, 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 what did he teach you that impacted you so much? Because, I mean, obviously the Smallmouth swing worked out pretty good for you this year. It did. I mean, you know, and this sounds like a cop-out, but it's nice. It's so hard to just sit and tell somebody, oh, this is what, I learned, or this is what you got to do. And I was thinking about it. Some Somebody asked me, I think it was a co-angler at Hartwell the other day. Maybe it wasn't, but somebody asked me in the last week, how you skip a jig? And I was got to think, I just do it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you how to do it. I just do it. And so to answer your question, I don't know what he taught me. He just did. Yeah. I mean, and that's, I promise you, that's not a cop-out. It's just, 
It's a Maybe bunch I of can... minute little things, but it's not just being told them. It's seeing them and experiencing them. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? It's it's I've said that to guys. I mean, I think me and you had this conversation earlier in the year where I was like, if you want to learn the smallmouth deal, anyone wants to it is literally time. And it's just the exact same. Like you can't go to Lake Fork and think you're going to figure out. I know you don't like layout. Sorry. Hey. Or Santee. <laughs> Let's come back to that in a minute and figure out and figure it out the way somebody who does it every day. I mean, it's almost you have to you have to realize how quick and how easy it can happen. And just the subtle little nuances that uh, Austin Felix does or any of those smallmouth guys do. So let's go back to Lake Fork. So I have great history with Lake Fork. I love Lake Fork, just for the record. My career started at Lake Fork. I really don't hate it. Here is the whole whole deal. I do not like fishing pressure. I do not like um, competing with guides. They're trying to make a living as well. I give them that. But I'm fixing to get more hate because they have a they have other places they could they have have other loans that they could go cut that day. So does that make sense? You follow me? I, I hear you. Um, you're not touching this. I don't blame you. No, no, I don't have a problem. Just let <laughs> I'm letting you down. Um, I mean, but the biggest thing is, I don't think it's okay to lay your bass on the water and release them. That's my biggest reason for not want. I would love to go to Lake Fork and fun fish. Yeah. I do not think, hey, maybe I shouldn't be saying this online, on air, but I say what I want and I say what I think. And I don't think it's okay. That's the reason I don't want to go back there for the leak. I'm going to. I promise you, I'm going to one day. And hey, I, I don't know. I finished top 10, fourth, fifth, sixth, something fifth. I think I had a good tournament and, and that's, what's funny about it is I was cussing and on stage and I finished fifth and everybody took it that literal. And it's like, Hey man, let's just have fun with it. Uh, you were, you were clearly having fun on stage. I mean, I, I don't know why anybody took it so serious, but I mean, that's the only way that tournament runs on that body of water. So uh, I get get where you're coming from and, and I'm not defending anything because I mean, that event, that, that approach is literally where my career started. CTBC. If it wasn't for TTBC, there would be no bass. You know what I mean? And and I'd probably be a bingo caller in some local bingo hall. So thank God. I want to see that. Oh, dude, every year we go to Palakkin, there's that big bingo bingo thing. We're not going this year, but I was like, man, one year we need to set it up like the night before the tournament and literally have an elite. I, I would love to call it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, to your defense, you can't weigh a world record in on the water. There you in, go. It, it, which there is a go. true stat. I mean, I once beat a world record by 11 freaking pounds. You could see that it was Tambucky. It's a vegetarian piranha. It's the, sounds cool when you say it's a piranha, but it's a vegetarian one. That's <laughs> human teeth. Um, I caught in South America. Um, but it, it was a le- the, the, the record at the time was 31 pounds, and I was 11 pounds bigger. So it's clear that it beat it, but this it was weighed on water. Piranha. 
Yeah. Oh, 42 giant, pound giant, piranhas giant. Big. Had to, you caught the fish, had to look up what it was. <laughs> Didn't even know we were fishing for those like Tambaki saber tooth. Actually, it was in Venezuela. Look at, I sound like I'm such a traveling dude now. It was in Venezuela, but those Tambaki is what we were, what I caught. We were fishing for saber tooth paella, which is those ones where the teeth come through. You know that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it goes through. And dude, if you remove one of those teeth, if it breaks off, another one comes up. Like it's below it. Like you can that see quick. under it. It doesn't heart. Like it doesn't set in the gum for, I guess, a couple of days, but like they get often get broken off when you're fighting them on baits. Right. Cause you have to use a wooden bait. If you use a plastic bait, it puts holes in them yeah. and they sink. Um, so often you'll bring one in and the tooth is off, but you see the other one coming up already. It's right there. Like right, wow. it's like a switchblade. Um, I didn't know you were such as an exotic person. Oh, I used to be before bass dude. I went all sorts of places. I went uh, and then I started working for bass and now I just shoot shows at home. I don't God, go anywhere. So boring. But just, just you travel so much. And... Oh, it's not so bad. <laughs> it's, it'll suck here in a month or so, but the next month's going to be really good. But uh, well, you're just going to have to come down to Lake Murray and we'll go striper fishing. I think we might be able to get a pass for you to go. I'd if like not, to we'll go. go to Watery. <laughs> no, I'd like to go. I'd like to do that. I've uh, I did some striper fishing on the Connecticut River years and years ago, but I haven't done a lot of it. And it shocks me when we go to all the bass lakes and everybody's looks down in stripers like i'm like they're they freaking pull i don't like yes, i catch carp so i don't care like if it pulls i want to catch it because i'm bass fishing but it's for striper I yeah mean, it's i'm using the same stuff they pull hard they're so in so i'm almost ashamed to say this but something has happened and i know exactly what happened fishing sucks nowadays for the most part, fishing is not that fun because it's so bad. There's so much pressure. There's so much pressure. technology. The average fisherman today is as good as the best fisherman 20, 30 years ago. And um, it's hard to catch them. It's so rare to just go fishing and have just catch a lot of fish, yeah. a lot of nice fish. And so I somewhat got burnt out on it. Still eat slap up on bass fish or tournament fishing. Um, and just can't wait to go to the next tournament, even if it's at the Sabine River. And I know we're, it's going to suck, but eat up with it. But just going fun fishing, man, I was burnt out. And after we got back, or actually before that last last little run up north, um, you know, I moved to Lake, Lake uh, Murray last fall which is a heron lake and i'm fishing here more and it's really i've done the heron fishing a little in the past but learning that a little bit before we went up north or more about it and it, it's lake murray is so good when we come to murray next year there's gonna be some eyes open buddy and uh, there's gonna be a lot of people coming to lake murray and um this place is good but i got it back i did i got it you know uh i love it again i love just going fishing again and like i said i'm ashamed to admit that if it wasn't tournament fishing i wasn't eat up with it but striper fishing that's where my striper fishing come in because it's so much fun yeah and you can take people that 
you can take your friends that don't fish a lot that are that can't cast good that just don't know anything about fishing and have a blast with them. take kids it's so much fun and, and they're delicious and it's a different it's weird but it's like almost like you have to fish for a different species to experience that because anything that you do bass and it's the same whether you host a show or fish the elite series i mean if i go out and catch them and i'm not shooting i'm like this was a waste what what an idiot why did i ruin this like i should have had a camera here today and i'm sure it's the same with you guys you're just like you know what i mean you just spend so much time with it but yeah. i think it's really healthy to get to do I don't understand the, the dudes that don't like there's people who will say if there was no tournaments, I wouldn't fish. And I'm like, I don't, I, I don't understand that at all. I definitely don't understand that. I really don't. I mean, I get the, uh, the competitive drug of it. Yeah. I've got that. And I'm, I'm a addict. I mean, I've got it, but man, I love fishing too. And, um, I like catching them. I do. Catching them's fun. Catch them's fun. There's what? one thing that, that, hey, it's always more fun to catch them than to not. Yeah. So just put that, put that feather in your cap. Remember Don't that. suck. Right. Never. Is that what you're saying? Don't suck. Never, ever, ever suck. When, when, you, when we first started this interview and I saw your backdrop, I was like, oh my gosh, he is selling <laughs> tons of don't suck t-shirts right? and he is yeah. in the factory right now, but you are selling don't suck t-shirts, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We did. I don't know. I think we, that was like a that limited start? deal. That was, it was a limited deal. And I, I don't know. I, I kind of don't think it should be limited. It should be an ongoing thing. Yeah. We don't don't ever want to suck Every, everybody wants to not suck so everybody yeah. needs a t-shirt so <laughs> i don't know that's something that's new you know that's a new thing and i don't know a lot about it we're learning and there's different paths to take with that and we're going to figure out the right one all right what kind of music do you listen to almost anything like i'll go from kid rock to up church to uh, Led Zeppelin, the Christian, the all I over the know, place, all over. I'm the same. I'm everywhere except for like real death metal, like the. So I can actually get into a little. No. Bit of that. Yeah, like but I beat, but it makes me angry. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, sometimes you need to be angry. You gotta let it out. <laughs> Brock, Brock Mosley told me that Tyler Rivette listens to that crap the whole way from Louisiana. He's like, you're driving up north and you see him on the highway and you'll go up. He's just like, dun, 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 dun. I'd just be like, I'd be so pissed. I would cut off so many people. I, I need happiness. I don't even like watching scary movies, dude. I like to surround myself with happiness. Right. I don't need to bring negativity into my life. What's your favorite <laughs> movie of all time? Um, Talladega Nights. That yeah. is so fitting. That is, is so fitting. Wow. That's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, what do you think of schedule next year? I love it. I mean, I think the Sabine is a dump hole. Ronnie likes to give me a hard time about calling places a dump hole, but it's okay. Um, because it is. It literally is. There's a lot of. Does Ronnie really give you a hard time about that stuff? I think so, but I don't care. It's okay. 
But it is. Everybody he spends does a this. lot of time he texting people. The thing about it, though, it's a bass tournament. Somebody's going to win it. Yeah, and there's going to be a giant well crowd. And it's good. Listen, Orange, Texas, and I've been there a bunch of times. And I say this: some of the kindest people on earth. Like literally, I was sick there once, and and the what they did with the hospital, like to help me out and everything. It's just amazing the amount of people. They're just some great people. But I literally go through it myself. Like I'll see Orange on the thing after we haven't been in a few years, and I'll be like, We're going to Orange again. And then I'll get kind of down about it. Then I'll get there and I'll just see the crowds and all the people. And you start talking to the local businesses and how important it is that that's there. And then I'm like, we should be coming here every time. But I get it as an angler. It's, I mean, you're in Texas. There's a lot of big fish in Texas. You have a problem with Texas. Is your problem with Texas? No, with the whole it's state? not. It's not at all. <laughs> I've always loved Texas. Um, I have. And it's weird because. Up until last year, Texas was always good to me. I mean, from the opens to the co-angler days, then just I loved Texas. Had a lot of good finishes there. And then last year it was like we had three events in Texas and all of them sucked. <laughs> but um, and then this year we turned it around. So hopefully we'll we'll continue to um catch them in Texas. Yeah. But, you know. So I don't know. I mean, the schedule buddy is it's looking good, man. Yeah. I, I love Okeechobee. I've done great there. I've won at Seminole. I love Seminole. I've always knocked on wood, always done good there. A little lake called Murray, you know, I think it's about seven, ten How miles. How far do you live house. from there? 17 miles? Um, Can I stay at your place that week? Sure. Yeah. All right, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Santee, right down the street. Um Lee lives his daddy. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Santee, phenomenal lake. I mean, for real, it's 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 an awesome lake. Um, and then Lay Lake, I'm looking forward to. That. I've only been there once, and that was the open in 2020 in the fall. It was actually almost basically winter. I think it was in December, the first week or so of December. Um, I think we're gonna catch them there. Maybe not giant weights, but decent weights and catch a lot of fish. Then that dump hole in orange, um, you know, whatever. Still going to be a winner. And, and, hey, I can call it a dump hole, but I'm still – I don't want to say I'm looking forward to going there. I hope you win it. I do, too. <laughs> you, hey, if you don't win that one, you don't win them all, right? Um, Paul Nick, that's Paul Nick's plan, too. That every year, he's like, I want to win every tournament. So you I and mean, Paul Nick are the only ones gunning for that. So well, I hope he finishes second on all of them. <laughs> well, dude, after it's it's a tradition after the first tournament, if he doesn't win, which he usually doesn't because it's usually in Florida, um, I start laughing. I'm like, you'll never accomplish your goal. It's just my but then he wins Angler of the Year yeah. and it all seems oh, to work yeah. out okay for him. So, but yeah, I mean, um after that place, what's that? Oh, then we got St. Clair, never been there, but smallmouth. I'm looking forward to it. I went Good. to uh, university like this year. We talked about that earlier. Yeah. Champlain. Yeah, buddy. St. Lawrence. Yeah, buddy. So looking gonna like a good year. It's going to be I'm good. Looking... And the thing about schedules too, dude, is I've learned year after year, how many times you look at last year's schedule, like not this past year, but the previous mm -hmm. year. 
that schedule Gunnersville was supposed to be one of the most exciting tournaments. And it ended up being kind of a blah tournament. I mean, it was good for one dude. Caleb yeah. Kufal walked away with it. Like there was no drama. There was no, and then you take Neely Henry. When the schedule came out, I remember some people saying, uh, that one's not going to be that great. It was one of the most compelling tournaments of the entire year, just because you don't want to know why though. Why the flood, the flood, but that's why. Yeah. That practice sucked. ah, That practice sucked, but worse for me. I had COVID (laughs) that flood made that place unbelievable. It did. Yeah. And, um, it forces the fish to obvious structure and, um, man, that was fun. That was yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. It, but see, that's what I'm saying. Like, we don't know what there's times we're supposed to hit somewhere. So good. You look what happened on Lake Ontario this year. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a great time of year and everything, but literally anytime's a great time of year. If you get four days that lay like that, but prefix yeah. was the exact opposite. Prefish was hardly anyone got to, you know, fish the mm-hmm. lake during prefish. But uh, anyways, I digress. So when I stay at your house, what kind of meals are we going to have? Um, Well, we're going to have Saluda rice because we're going to be in Saluda. And we have that everywhere. And we go, okay. anyways, that's one night. Don't Probably know if I've had Saluda rice. What, what, well, what? everybody in Saluda just says it's brown rice, but. I've ate a lot of rice all over the country. And until I met Brittany, I've never ate rice like this. But everybody in Saluda makes rice like this. Wow. And I named it Saluda rice. Saluda rice. Okay. We'll have some Saluda yep. rice and Taco Tuesday. Have, always got to have Taco Tuesday on the tournament. Always a chicken Alfredo night. And then it's kind of thrown up in the air after that. I like it. It's going good, though. Are you a superstitious yeah. guy? Like you say, you always have to have that in tournament night. Is is there other things like that? I mean, I'm not super superstitious. I, I don't want to say I'm not at all, but I don't like to feel like I am. But if you really think about it, I guess I am. Brittany's very superstitious. Really? Yes. How, how yeah. superstitious? Tell me how crazy she is. Oh, how crazy she is or how superstitious okay, how she is? superstitious? Oh, okay, okay. There's a whole, well, that's two totally different things. <laughs> um, <laughs> like she always cleans my graphs on my boat, but she has to do it the morning of the tournament. And it aggravates the fire out of me. Cause I'm like, we're done. It's the night before the tournament. We don't have nothing to do. Clean them now. No, I can't. I got to do it in the mornings. So she does it in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she always kind of wipe my boat down, you know, make it look good. Um, She's got actually at Neely Henry last year at the tackles. I think it was, I don't remember where it was. I think it was Neely Henry. Some, you know, the little gold fish hooks you put on your hat. Yeah. Somebody gave her one of those and like, she, she always keeps it like it's her. She thinks it's good luck. And then, um, at there's a Wahi or mississippi river this year she found a poker chip with the number one on it i think so that's a new superstitious thing poker chips you know like whatever works i mean dude if you stop catching them you'll be like hey can you go find that poker chip again right (laughs) where's the hook put it back in your head it's it's a weird thing but i think everybody like 
I think fishing leads more to it, but like I've talked to buddies who play pro hockey and they're like, there's crazy dudes who will like touch their stick six times before they pick it up. And you watch, <laughs> they do that every time. And I mean, once they touched it six times and scored a goal, I mean, once they touched it four times and they didn't. So now they always have to do that, but Hey, whatever you're doing is working. Yeah. I mean, you know, I just, it's like I said before, you know, I, Everything I've done in my life is about it, is to get to this point. Once you get to this point, it's like my walkout songs, Can't Stop by Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's like, just because you're here don't mean you stop. You know, you let's we're here. I want to be here, and then here, and then here. You know, just like, I want to win every tournament. I won this one. Well, that don't matter anymore. That's the past. I got to win the next one. I win the next one. That don't matter. I got to win the next one. And... um backing up you know i don't want to be cocky i don't want to be arrogant i don't want to be greedy but at the end of the day i just want to make a living that's yeah. the, that's what truly matters and i want to make a living doing this but that greedy side i don't want to be greedy like i just said but that greedy side i don't know how else to put it i want to win every tournament i don't think it's greed dude i think it's it's your because it's not you're not saying i want to win every tournament so i can buy a lamborghini you're <laughs> saying i want to win every tournament because i'm driven like i think that's one of the biggest falsehoods in life people go to school and they work through school or different things and then they think that they're gonna be happily ever after and happily ever after as far as relaxing it's isn't real money it's yeah, no but it's not happily like, ever after is not the money the money helps things the yeah. money makes things easier but like if you just give me a hundred million dollars and nothing else what do i have a bunch of money and nothing i mean my i'd have a wicked podcast just telling you, you give me a hundred right? million dollars i mean there'll be lasers <laughs> i would have lions and tigers behind me there would be little people announcing guests it would be incredible it would be oddities <laughs> No, but what, i want to see that happen oh so much nobody's ever given me a hundred million dollars so it's never would gonna happen like would you go steal Mike Tyson's tiger? He regrets buying it. He <laughs> he has a podcast now, and he talks. Does about he actually that really have a tiger? I'm just talking about from. Uh, oh no, he really bad. did have it's one. Super, he he said he was super. like when Mike Tyson was like he was at the height of his career. He was also at the height of his drug addiction, and he's like, you got so many people, and everybody's around you, and they're like, I couldn't imagine like those people that go through that it's almost a bit of a hell because everyone around you is just yes men and none of it's right none of it's good like none of it is careful like it's just like so he's like i'm buying things i'm buying mansions and i'm buying cars and i'm buying and and the guy somebody said uh you want to what he's like what else could i buy and the guy's like what about a tiger and he's like <laughs> can i buy one <laughs> and he said yeah i had three the next day and he said he he looks back and he's like, that was the dumbest thing ever. Like to have those, like now that he's sobered up a little bit, um, uh, just a little bit, like he just <laughs> sober for Mike Tyson's a totally different. It's it's, he's not doing really hard drugs anymore. So he's, <laughs> he's, he's sobered up enough to realize that. So I wouldn't have a tiger. I wouldn't have a tiger, but I would, I would have, I would have some wicked stuff. I'd have some really wicked stuff. But before we got into this, the re the point I was making is you don't ever, 
no matter what your job is, you don't ever get to take your foot off the pedal because the second you take your foot off yeah. the pedal is you when fail. people you you all of a sudden you realize what wait a second what's happening here you know it's like anything stupid like a podcast I mean you just stop doing it for a little while all of a sudden it regresses it's just like yep. that with fishing you think you got here with skill and ability but you better stay on top of that because you worked hard, years to get here. It can mm -hmm. go away in seconds. And I, but quick. I do not think it's going away because what I was saying is you work hard. I do. So. And I mean, it's anything I do in life. I mean, if it's piss my wife off, I work hard at it. <laughs> I, I, I meant do. to ask you at the very beginning when you were talking about your other job, what, what is your other job? What are you doing now? So since we, you know, I work, used to work for some friends at Sosby Pavement Marking. We painted parking painted lots road. and roads. Yeah. yeah. So when well, we moved to Saluda last fall, uh, where Brittany's originally from, um, I went to work for her uncle at uh, JRA Exterminating. We uh, do pest control and moisture management under houses. So, yeah, I, I kill bugs. What kind? I what's pick, the nastiest critters you've ever dealt with? Um, I do not like snakes. Oh, I no. don't like, and, and I don't really mind them if I know where they're at. But like, twice in the last month or so, we've had to go get a snake out of somebody's house Whoa. i did i was there but i did no removal <laughs> oh. so i was not involved in removal. could you imagine waking up and a snake crawling on you oh uh, dude i was born in ireland there would be holes everywhere <laughs> and you better hope you're oh. not in the next room because you might be dead <laughs> I was born in Ireland, a country known famous for a man driving the snakes out. That's what St. Patrick's famous thing is, other than green beer. Um, and then I live in a country that literally has garter snakes. We have like hardly any poisonous snakes. I hate snakes. We were in Florida once, and I'll tell you this story, and then we better stop this podcast because people have got to go to the bathroom, and you know all <laughs> about that. Um so I was in Florida once we're in Disney and we rented this house right near Disney. So the kids could go to, to Disney and do all this stuff. So it was like a brand new house in one of those new subdivisions. And my wife's in the shower and I'm laying in bed and she's in the shower and she's like, I'm going to tell you this true story. So she yells, there's a snake in here. And I said, no, baby, it's over here. <laughs> my man. Said, no, 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 there's a snake there's a snake in the shower. And so it's got those sliding doors, you know, that's like the one's a mirror and once. So the snake obviously had been in that track. And as she was showering the heat, whatever it decided to come out, well, she's in there and this freaking snake has got his head. And I'm like, well, I can't save you. You're going to have to run through. the. <laughs> I mean, if you're in a ring of fire, just run through it. I know since me running to run back. <laughs> so, oh God. And what made it worse is the day before, night before, we just got to this rental place and they had like the renter's book and we read through it and they said, there's 28 poisonous snakes around here. Do not touch any snake or whatever. And dude, this one looked like every one of them. When I saw it, I'm like, ah, right. it, it's an anaconda. It's a snake. <laughs> Turned out it, was a, it was a rat snake. I mean, we left it and went to Disney and called the rental company and said, hey, there's a snake. They came back. They said it was a rat snake, which, of course, that's what they would say. It was non-poisonous, even if it was a freaking anaconda. Um, 
but yeah, that's that's my scariest snake story that I got. <laughs> so, I'm always probably pissed that I told it. Oh, hey, you were which makes to, the story better, right? In here, baby. <laughs> 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 oh well, man, it's uh, you never know what's gonna happen. You never, you never do. Know. You never do. But I'll tell you one thing. Your goal is to not suck. And I, I said yesterday, don't suck in this podcast. And you did not suck. You've been a great guest, dude. And uh, all I got to say is come back on here and tell some of your crappy stories again. <laughs> Maybe we'll have another one. Who knows? You never know with me. But, you know, if, uh, if anybody's still watching this crazy thing uh, and you didn't take anything away, Take this away. Whatever you do in life, work your ass off and don't suck. Don't suck. He never does. The one and only Brian New. Thank you. There is one, just one, Brian New. And man, thank God for him. I mean, he was honest right down to every crappy detail. And uh, I use the word crappy with our all ages audience in mind. Speaking of our audience, do me a favor. In the comments down below, let me know where you are watching from because it amazes me how this continues to grow every single week. Um, <laughs> it's incredible um, what you guys have done. But I want to know where you're from. So all you need to do is just put where you're from, where you live, where you reside. Let me know that. And, hey, give it a thumbs up and all that stuff. And, um We'll see you next time with uh, another incredible guest. Speaking of incredible guests, he is the voice of Bass. Take it away, Bob Cop. Thanks for watching. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Because Bob Cobb of the Bassmasters told you to. You hear?